Hey everybody, and welcome to the FBC Livingston Podcast. After this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've got your copy of God's Word, I want you to go straight to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I want to I want to give you somewhat of a should I call it a warning because this one's hard. This message is difficult. And it's probably because it hits every single person in this room. The crazy thing about this this is that it it, it hits people even if they know Christ, if they don't know Christ, and it hits us in the face. I guess the good news is, is that when things are hard, is that oftentimes in life, the best things are on the other side of difficult things. You ever seen that before? When we see something difficult and we're going through that, oftentimes in life, then on the other side is different. I want to set the tone for this morning, okay? I want to set the stage, if you will. I'm setting a stage as Jesus is teaching His disciples, and what He's trying to get them to understand is that people are going to hurt them. Physically, mentally, spiritually, that Jesus is trying to get across to His disciples that they're going to be betrayed, They're going to be hurt. They're going to be disappointed. Look at verse 1, Luke 17, it says this. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Okay, now he's teaching his disciples this. But woe to anyone through whom they come. Go to verse 3. And it says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, the Scripture says, and this is the New International Version that I'm reading from this morning, it says to rebuke them. Well, that seems a bit harsh, don't you think? Rebuke them. In other words, I think what Jesus is trying to teach His disciples here, as He's teaching us this morning, what He's trying to teach us is, is that don't pretend it did not happen. Confront it. Deal with it. Because as followers of Christ, we are supposed to try to make things right. Our goal is always reconciliation. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to deal with it. And then read the latter part of that verse. It says, and if they repent. Church, what does it say? Forgive them. Are you all with me? Am I speaking English in here? I'm just, just making sure. That it says, the latter part of that verse, it says, and if they repent, the Scripture says, what does it say? Forgive them, much better. So what that's saying is, we're going to let them off the hook. And then Jesus says something incredibly challenging. He says this, even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. 
Okay, now hold on just a second. So as the disciples are hearing this, okay, the disciples are, are hearing this, and perhaps they're thinking the same thing that you are thinking. Because maybe for you, you're saying, I'll give somebody one time, but you mess with me twice and you can forget it. But the disciples are learning right here that Jesus is saying, even in one day, if it's seven times, if they come back to you and they repent, what does the Scripture say? That we are to forgive them. Maybe one time. But sure, not seven times in one day. Maybe seven times in a lifetime. Verse 5 says this. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Why do you think the disciples said that? Increase our faith. The reason the disciples said that to Jesus is because they're, th they're saying, the only way I'm going to be able to do what you're asking me to do is if you increase my faith. That's the only way I'm going to be able to do what you're asking me to do to forgive someone seven times in one day. The only way I'm going to be able to do that is if you increase my faith. Okay, church. Do we really need to forgive? That was not rhetorical. Do we need to forgive? Okay. Especially something that significant. What, what, what if somebody doesn't deserve it at all? Okay, but if we're supposed to forgive them, how in the world do we do it? Practically. How do we forgive? Especially if they're still doing the things that hurt you. See, because maybe, maybe some of you are just sitting there and you say, Jason, I just don't understand. I don't understand this thing, forgiveness. And I know what it means, but I really still don't really quite understand why Jesus was saying this. Because if you've been betrayed in a very significant way, it's hard, isn't it? Can I promise you one thing? I have some of those same understandings in my life. I have hurt in my personal life. I have hurt from people that told me that they would be with me all of my life and then fell by the wayside. That ever happened to you? I have own, my own personal hurt that is inside of me that if I'm honest this morning, I'm still in the process of forgiving. See, they're most likely, okay, can, can I get in your business just for a second? Most likely, there have been things that have happened in this church that there still needs to be forgiveness. And you say, oh, don't get in my business like that. Okay, I, I've been in church, I'm 45 years, I'm 45, right? Okay, I think I am, I don't remember. I, I'm 45 years old, I've been in church nine months before I was born, and I know that every single church there, there is that Pink elephant in the room. Could it be that unforgiveness in this church is what's holding it back? You said, oh, you're really, you're really messing with some stuff right now, preacher. You better be careful. Could it be that there's unforgiveness in this church that holds it back from time to time? What do you do? How do you forgive? They know. How do you forgive? How do you forgive when you don't feel like forgiving? 
What if you try and it doesn't seem to go away? Now, at my house, my wife's not in here, so I can say this. Um, at my house, I'm the vacuumer. I don't, I don't mind the vacuum. Now, that doesn't mean that I'll come to your house and vacuum, okay? That doesn't mean that, so don't come up and ask me that after church. All right, but at my house, I'm the vacuumer, and I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm detailed when I vacuum because I like to make lines, and I like to come back at a certain degree, and I like to come back, and I like to come back at a certain degree, and I like to go back. See, but what happens when there's that little piece of lint in the carpet that won't come up? That drives me crazy. That little bitty piece of lint that you go over, and you go over with perfect technique. Okay? And then you come back. I'm trying to make you laugh if you're, if you're wondering what I'm doing here. So you go with perfect technique over that piece of lint, and you come back, and you try, and you try, and you try again, and that thing doesn't come up. Now, this is what I do. I reach down, and I pick it up. And I throw it back down, and I vacuum over it. Because I, I continue to keep going. Okay, so what does this have to do with forgiveness? What do you do with forgiveness? When you've gone at it from every angle, when you've gone at it with perfect technique, and it just doesn't seem to stick. This message is going to be painful for some of you. This message is going to be agonizing for some of you. But it's pretty clear in Scripture God tells His followers to forgive. Three different places is this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, it says this. It says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Okay? That sounds like a good plan to me. Somebody does something bad against me, that means I can hate them, right? That's what Scripture says. He says, says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But a lot of times we forget the second part of a verse. And it says this, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Paul says this to the people in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Oh, me. I'm going to come back to that one in just a second. Jesus' word in Matthew chapter 6 says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So God tells us very clearly that we are to forgive. And if we are to forgive, what does that mean? How do we do it? In order to really understand what it means to forgive... The first thing we need to do is this. What does it mean not to forgive? Okay? I think one of the very first things, I do this a lot. What does it mean not to do something? Well, as far as, see, let me tell you something that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Now, some of you have never heard that before. Because you've been told maybe that when we forgive, you're supposed to forget. But forgiveness is not Forgetting, because we're human. To forgive doesn't necessarily mean that you wipe your brain clean, that you have no memory, that you have no recollection of what happened. It's not saying that it never happened. It's not just sweeping it under the rug. It's not saying 
what that person did to you was not wrong and wasn't sinful. It's not saying, listen to me, that you have to be a doormat for the rest of your life. It's not saying that you have to continue to allow them to abuse you and hurt you. It's not saying that you just have to smile and take it for Jesus and you still have to give them a Christmas card. It's not saying that. That's not necessarily what forgiveness is. Because you can actually forgive and still create healthy boundaries. I'm trying to help you here. You can forgive someone and still create healthy boundaries. I don't know who needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. That you can forgive someone and say, yes, I've let it go, but we've got to rebuild the trust that once was there because of the consequence of what you did. We can forgive. And still need to rebuild a relationship over time. What else is forgiveness not? Forgiveness is not fair. You ever heard that before? Forgiveness, if somebody does you wrong and you forgive them, is that fair? Absolutely not, on an earthly standard. There's nothing fair about it at all. It's not natural. It, it, it's fair to pay somebody back. See, because if somebody hits me on the cheek, what's my carnal reaction? My human reaction is to take my fist and ball it up and hit their cheek. That's my human reaction. You hurt one of my children? You hurt my wife? My natural reaction is not forgiveness. Justice says that I get to get you back. That happened at the dinner table last night. We were sitting there, and Grace Garland did something to Karis that we will not say in this room what she did, but Grace Garland did something to Karis. And there was someone at the table that will remain nameless that said, Karis, you need to get her back. And I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that's not what I'm preaching about in the morning. No, we, don't, we don't do that sort of thing. But see, justice says that I do something back to get you back. But Jesus says, pray for your enemies. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Jesus, I'll pray for my enemies. I'll pray that their brakes go out going down a hill. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'll pray for my enemies. That's a country song, but anyway. What's interesting is we like it. When God is not fair with us. Because if God were always fair with us, do you understand where your sins would get you? God is always just, but He's not always fair. Let me say that again. God is always just, but sometimes He's not fair. And He's not fair to our benefit. I love the psalmist, as he said in Psalm 103 and verse 10, it says, He, being God, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. In other words, we deserve hell. We deserve punishment. But there's grace. And then verse 11 says this, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. 
as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. So forgiveness isn't necessarily the same as forgetting, and forgiveness isn't always fair. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is giving to others what God gave to you. That's what it is. Forgiveness is giving to somebody who does not deserve it. The same thing that God gave to me. You think I deserved it? Absolutely not. See, for those of you who are followers of Christ, have you ever been forgiven of anything? Have you ever been forgiven of anything? Have you experienced grace that you did not deserve? I had to put both hands up with that one. I have. I have experienced grace that I do not deserve. You ever benefited from, <clears throat> from God's mercy? <laughs> Absolutely. See, I, I don't really know what you've been forgiven of, but I've been forgiven of some pretty serious sins in my life. I, I, I've, been, I've been forgiven of stealing. I've been forgiven of lying. I've been forgiven of cheating. I've been forgiven of lustful thoughts. See, those are all things that, by the grace of God, I have forgiveness, but I don't deserve that. I have forgiveness because of Jesus. So what is forgiveness? Forgiven, forgiveness is giving to others the very same thing that our Father gave to us. See, it's the power of the Gospel. And I want to bring the Gospel into this just, just for a second. It is the power of the Gospel. In 1 John 1, 9 it says, If we confess our sins, He, he being God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, we've all messed up and we've all sinned against an all-holy God. Okay? But what is sin? The word in the Greek is actually an archery term. You know, bows and arrows, archery type stuff. And it simply means exactly that you've missed the mark. Very simple. That's what sin is, that we have missed the mark. Some of us have missed it by this much. Some of us have missed it by this much. But we've all fallen short of the standard, and the standard is holiness. We've all fallen short of that. If we confess our sins, our God is faithful and just. He's not always fair, but He's always just. See, forgiveness is giving to others what God has given to us. In other words, here's the gospel. You ready? The gospel isn't just receiving forgiveness. It's also giving forgiveness. See, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness flows through us. See, that word to and through changed that whole statement. The forgiveness, yes, it flows to me. 
But if I'm reading that right, if I'm reading the Scripture right, the forgiveness is supposed to flow through me as well. It's undeserved mercy. It's undeserved grace. It's undeserved goodness that continues to flow through us. Um, you know when Jesus taught His disciples how to pray? What did He use? He used the Lord's Prayer to teach them how to pray. And it says this, He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it says this, Give us this day our daily bread. But watch this. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do you really want to pray that? Forgive me just like I forgive them. Okay, I, I'm almost done, but please don't lose me here. Why would God ask to forgive? Why would God ask for us to forgive other people? I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why, but I think one of the very top reasons that God asks us to forgive something that seems unforgivable is because of this, because God loves you so much. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. The, one of the top reasons that God asks you to forgive is because He loves you this much. He loves you. And He doesn't just ask you to forgive someone to heal that other person. He actually asks you to forgive someone because it heals you. The wound inside of you. See, when you forgive someone else, it may not create freedom for that person every single time. But when you forgive, you mark my words, every single time there's freedom. Every single time. When you forgive someone, there's freedom. See, because God loves you that much. So I, I think because, because of that one reason, the Father is saying, you forgive. You forgive because I love you that much. See, I, I know. I know this brings up significant wounds for people in this room. I know that because it brings up some in my life. And I hope that there is no part of what you have heard this morning that says that, is, that it's easy. See, because I think sometimes preachers, they'll preach about forgiveness and they'll, they'll go in the Scripture and say, Scripture says it, so do it. Okay, that's true. But my friends and my family, forgiveness is not easy. There's no part of it that's easy. Do you know what's easy? To hold a grudge. You know what's easy? Not to talk about it. See, it's easy to live with bitterness. It's easy to wish the worst for someone who deserves something bad. It, it's easy to allow the devil to continue to split your family. 
It's easy to walk in hatred. It's easy to walk in forgiveness. My friends, forgiveness is not easy. So what did the disciples ask Jesus for? Apparently the disciples recognized that forgiveness was not going to be easy. So what did they ask for? They said, increase our faith. I'm bringing it home now. We're about to land the plane. You ready? That we increase our faith. Listen to me. Faith enables me to see an opportunity for freedom where others only see an offense. I'm going to say that again. When we ask the Father to increase our faith, what happens is, the faith that we ask the Father to increase in our life, what it does is that it enables me or you to see the opportunity for freedom where others only see an offense. You know what faith does? Faith empowers me. Faith empowers you. <laughs> Do you know though something? That just because we ask, increase our faith, that doesn't mean that it automatically makes us act gracious. It just doesn't work that way. In my flesh, when somebody messes with me, <laughs> in my flesh, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, you know what I want to do? I want to take my little four-cylinder and I floor it as much as I can and I try to cut them. I, I don't do that. Or I, Actually, that's a lie. I have done that in the past. But see, in my flesh, I'm angry. In my flesh, I still feel betrayed. But by faith, I'm choosing to offer the same thing that God offered me. Do you see that? By faith, I'm making the conscious decision to offer to someone else the same thing that God offered to me. Forgiveness might be a process for you. You may be like your pastor. It may be a process. It's a process for me. For some of you, it might happen like that. But the disciple says, increase our faith. Listen, church. It takes faith to forgive it takes faith to believe that on the other side of the offense listen if you think about this this is so true it takes faith to believe that on the other side of whatever that individual did to you that there's something better than holding a grudge It takes faith. What's forgiveness? It's giving the very same thing that God gave to you to someone else. So my prayer, my prayer quite often, is Father, increase my faith. Because without faith, we really don't have a whole lot, do we? Increase my faith. See, my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit 
would do for you what you cannot do on your own. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for this church. You know what? what's really interesting is that when Doc Mason called me the very first time, I guess it was maybe February or something like that, the very first time I started praying this prayer for your church. I didn't know y'all. I didn't know you guys. But I started to pray because I told Doc that I would pray for, even if I didn't, if I came here, if I didn't come here, I told him that I would pray for your church. And if I tell you I'm going to pray for you or your church, I'm going to do that. And I began to pray, Holy Spirit, do in them what they cannot do themselves. That's my continued prayer. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about our church, please go to www.fbclivingston.com. We'll see you soon.